episode 64. But how did you find out? We're not supposed to know. Never mind, said Harry quickly. He knew Hagrid would be in trouble if he told the truth. But I'm not the only one who knows. Florin Crumb will know by now, too. Maxim and Karkaroff both saw the dragons, too. Cedric straightened up, his arms full of inky quills, parchment, and books, his ripped bag dangling off one shoulder. He stared at Harry, and there was a puzzled, almost suspicious look in his eyes. Why are you telling me? he asked. Harry looked at him in disbelief. He was sure Cedric wouldn't have asked that if he had seen the dragons himself. Harry wouldn't have let his worst enemy face those monsters unprepared. Well, perhaps Malfoy or Snape. It, it's just fair, isn't it? He said to Cedric. We all know now. We're on an even footing, aren't we? Cedric was still looking at him in a slightly suspicious way when Harry heard a familiar clunking noise behind him. He turned around and saw Mad-Eye Moody emerging from a nearby classroom. Come with me, Potter, he growled. Diggory, off you go. Harry stared apprehensively at Moody. Had he overheard them? Uh, Professor, I'm supposed to be in Herbology. Never mind that, Potter. In my office, please. Harry followed him, wondering what was going to happen to him now. What if Moody wanted to know how he'd found out about the dragons? Would Moody go to Dumbledore and tell on Hagrid or just turn Harry into a ferret? Well, it might be easier to get past a dragon if he was a ferret, Harry thought dully. He'd be smaller, much less easy to see from a height of 50 feet. He followed Moody into his office. Moody closed the door behind them and turned to look at Harry, his magical eye fixed upon him as well as the normal one. That was a very decent thing you just did, Potter, Moody said quietly. Harry didn't know what to say. This wasn't the reaction he had expected at all. Sit down, said Moody, and Harry sat, looking around. He had visited this office under two of its previous occupants. In Professor Lockhart's day, the walls had been plastered with beaming, winking pictures of Professor Lockhart himself. When Lupin had lived here, you were more likely to come across a specimen of some fascinating new dark creature for them to study in class. Now, however, the office was full of a number of exceptionally odd objects that Harry supposed Moody had used in the days when he had been an auror. On his desk stood what looked like a large, cracked glass spinning top. Harry recognized it at once as a sneakoscope because he owned one himself, though it was much smaller than Moody's. In the corner on a small table stood an object that looked something like an extra squiggly golden television aerial. It was humming slightly. What appeared to be a mirror hung opposite Harry on the wall, but it was not reflecting the room. Shadowy figures were moving around inside it, none of them clearly in focus. Like my dark detectors, do you? said Moody, who was watching Harry closely. What's that? Harry asked, pointing at the squiggly golden aerial. Secrecy sensor. 
vibrates when it detects concealment and lies. No use here, of course. Too much interference. Students in every direction lying about why they haven't done their homework. Been humming ever since I got here. I had to disable my sneakerscope because it wouldn't stop whistling. It's extra sensitive. Picks up stuff about a mile around. Of course, it could be picking up more than kid stuff, he added in a growl. What's the mirror for? Oh, that's my faux glass. See them out there, skulking around? I'm not really in trouble until I see the whites of their eyes. <laughs> that's when I open my trunk. He let out a short, <laughs> harsh laugh and pointed to the large trunk under the window. It had seven keyholes in a row. Harry wondered what was in there until Moody's next question brought him sharply back to earth. So, found out about the dragons, have you? Harry hesitated. He'd been afraid of this, but he hadn't told Cedric, and he certainly wasn't going to tell Moody that Hagrid had broken the rules. It's all right, said Moody, sitting down and stretching out his wooden leg with a groan. Cheating's a traditional part of the Triwizard Tournament and always has been. I didn't cheat, said Harry sharply. It was a, a sort of accident that I found out. Moody grinned. I wasn't accusing you, laddie. I've been telling Dumbledore from the start he can be as high-minded as he likes, but you can bet old Karkaroff and Maxime won't be. They'll have told their champions everything they can. They want to win. They want to beat Dumbledore. They'd like to prove he's only human. <laughs> Moody gave a harsh laugh, and his magical eye swiveled around so fast it made Harry feel queasy to watch it. So, got any ideas how you're going to get past your dragon yet? said Moody. No, said Harry. Well, I'm not going to tell you, said Moody gruffly. I don't show favoritism, me. I'm just going to give you some good general advice. And the first bit is, play to your strengths. I haven't got any, said Harry, before he could stop himself. Excuse me, growled Moody. You've got strengths if I say you've got them. Think now, what are you best at? Harry tried to concentrate. What was he best at? Well, that was easy, really. Quidditch he said dully, and a fat lot of help. That's right, said Moody, staring at him very hard, his magical eye barely moving at all. You're a damn good flyer from what I've heard. Yeah, but Harry stared at him. I'm not allowed a broom. I've only got my wand. My second piece of general advice, said Moody loudly, interrupting him, is to use a nice, Simple spell which will enable you to get what you need. Harry looked at him blankly. What did he need? Come on, boy, whispered Moody. Put them together. It's not that difficult. And it clicked. He was best at flying. He needed to pass the dragon in the air. For that, he needed his firebolt. And for his firebolt, he needed Hermione. Harry whispered, when he had sped into Greenhouse 3 ten minutes later, uttering a hurried apology to Professor Sprout as he passed her. Hermione, I need you to help me. 
What do you think I've been trying to do, Harry? She whispered back. Her eyes round with anxiety over the top of the quivering flutterby bush she was pruning. Hermione, I need to learn how to do a summoning charm properly by tomorrow afternoon. And so they practiced. They didn't have lunch, but headed for a free classroom where Harry tried with all his might to make various objects fly across the room toward him. He was still having problems. The books and quills kept losing heart halfway across the room and dropping like stones to the floor. Concentrate, Harry. Concentrate. What do you think I'm trying to do? said Harry angrily. A filthy great dragon keeps popping up in my head for some reason. <sighs> okay, try again. He wanted to skip divination to keep practicing, but Hermione refused point blank to skive off arithmancy, and there was no point staying without her. He therefore had to endure over an hour of Professor Trelawney, who spent half the lesson telling everyone that the position of Mars in relation to Saturn at that moment meant that people born in July were in great danger of sudden, violent deaths. Well, that's good, said Harry loudly, his temper getting the better of him, just as long as it's not drawn out. I don't want to suffer. Ron looked for a moment as though he was going to laugh. He certainly caught Harry's eye for the first time in days. But Harry was still feeling too resentful toward Ron to care. He spent the rest of the lesson trying to attract small objects toward him under the table with his wand. He managed to make a fly zoom straight into his hand, though he wasn't entirely sure that was owing to his prowess at summoning charms. Perhaps the fly was just stupid.